So we've been talking about uh, family. We've been talking about this uh, supportive family mesh. And um, uh, today I uh, plan to talk about um, this idea of like um, how the family unit is supposed to be this place for love. It's this design that God has. And I just felt like over the week that I wanted to make a little switch. And I'm going to talk about uh, prayer this morning in a family context. And I hope to talk to you a little bit about prayer this morning in a way that maybe you've never heard and maybe it'll inspire you a little bit um, to incorporate prayer more in your family and your future family that you're going to have. See, God's design for family is to have that place be a relational and spiritual safe place, a nourishing place, a place for love, a place where um, those children are supposed to grow up and have those those that support nap or that mesh, okay? But we know that the way families work and um, through the sin of this world and the brokenness of our world and our own hearts that it turns into oftentimes a mess. And so you have your own family story of uh, maybe you uh, weren't really um, got to have a family even growing up. And I just want to tell you this morning is no matter what you've come from and no matter maybe even what you're in right now, don't lose hope for this because God could do it. God could help your heart. I'm not talking about the other person today. That other person may be sitting next to you this morning. I understand that. But I'm talking this morning or in the last few weeks about your own heart. We've talked about control and how it can damage a relationship, and it's just not loving. See, I could just use the word love, but I kind of broke it down to some other things. I talked a little bit about selfishness and how that happens inside of any family dynamic. And one day if, you know, you want to get married and you're not, or you want to have kids and you don't, those all things will be there. They were in your family of origin as well, and how... We've got to work with that in our hearts and how we, our selfishness will make other people pay and that price people don't like paying. Last week we talked about distrust and how um, I didn't want to just tell you, hey, go be more trusting in your relationships, but to actually be kind. And as you are develop the kindness in your heart, you won't want to burn people, right? You'll be the one person that wants to be, people want to come to and be trustworthy and encourage you with that. It's funny, as I talk about these things and prepared for this over the past couple of months, you know, sometimes I have this moment of self-realization of like, well, not self-realization, but just realization of, wow, you know, this thing is happening. Where for me, um, you know, we felt, me and my wife felt that, you know, God had sent us here and that we should come and we should, you know, um, give our lives for this community and families. And it happened to be after all that time we had made the decision that, you know, it worked out for us to come actually be here leading the church. And, you know, I think about sometimes these places that God brought us. I had no plans to be in Oregon. I love it here, so now I have no plans to leave. But <clears throat> to think through, like, okay, God, you've sent us here. And we were from Chicago, and it's where my, my wife is from. Many of you guys know that. And I'm from Texas. And, you know, I never planned for God to do this, for us to send us here. But in this, I just, as I, I speak today, as I pray about this, as I speak today, I just know like in this moment that I know I'm supposed to be here and I know that you are too. And I know that, I, that God has sent us here to talk about these tough things that we've been talking about and to say to you that I, man, I want to put all my energy and I, I want to give all my resources and whatever I can do to start really encouraging to get this idea that this isn't just a topic for today, but it's actually a calling for our lives. That this is not just a topic for today, but it's also the very gospel. 
And so as I've talked about it, you'll probably see this kind of common thread that I go back to what Jesus did in the moments of control and in the moments of selfishness and what he was like and in the moments of like distrust and how he was just this incredibly kind person. And so as we talk about this this morning, I want you to know this is just a topic. It's not just something to figure out, just to pass through uh, the however long I'm going to speak this morning. Okay? But it's our calling. It's the very gospel. So we're going to talk about prayer today. Hopefully in a different way than you've ever heard it before. I would probably guess, and this is why maybe I'm talking about it, but I'd probably guess when I put that word up there and you take a look at the word prayer, um, probably one thing that comes to mind is your experience you've had with God answering or not answering your prayers. Probably when you see that word, one of the first things that comes to your mind is probably rooted in something you wanted, asked for, needed, and if God did it, didn't do it, or hopefully will do it one day, right? When the word prayer comes up there, you probably think in those terms. You think in terms of asking God for something and then the result or not result of what happened there, that's what comes to mind. And so I want to encourage you a little bit this morning to give me a chance here, okay? Pretend like it's my first Sunday. <laughs> give me a chance here to kind of shift your perspective a little bit on prayer, and I'll talk about how it's so important for the family, all right? So here's this powerful, powerful verse, and I know immediately you're going to read this verse and say, I thought we were talking about prayer. And that's exactly why we're talking about this this morning. This is what Matthew says in, verse, in chapter 1, verses 22. This is the story of you know, Jesus' birth. And, and the angel here is speaking to Joseph. And Joseph's ready to say, hey, let's not get married, Mary. And this is what the angel says. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. As the prophet Isaiah saying in verse 23, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right, now give me a chance here, okay? When you think of prayer, and when you think of praying, when you think of that, this is actually what should come to mind, okay? I know what comes to mind is my wish list, or my hopes list, or my needs list. God, don't you care about these needs in my life, right? But this is actually what should come to mind, is this concept of God being with us when you think about prayer, all right? This is what should, I mean, just burn through your heart as you think about prayer, as you think about connecting to God in this way, as you think about the communication that happens between father and son, figuratively speaking, right? I mean, what happens in this relationship is this communication of prayer of, yes, asking, but also listening and receiving. This idea that it's not just a wish list we bring to God, but here's the real power of it, is that God is so close to you that he can hear this isn't ritual. This isn't earning my way in. This isn't if I pray a lot that I'm more spiritual. This is not let's compare who do, how you pray and who prays the longest. It's not any of those things. When people oftentimes will ask me about spiritual growth, I won't go to, well, how often or how much do you pray? That's not the, the point of it. The point of it is that you know that God is so close. He's so close enough to hear you that you would naturally talk to him. Naturally talk to him. He's that close. And in this prophecy of Jesus coming, and he comes in flesh, right? Fully fully God and fully man. And he comes and he's born as a baby. And this is what's out there, that he is with us. That this God that was separated from us because of our decisions and sin, that now he's with us. 
And if you look through the Gospels, you'll see this thing that comes through as Jesus' life and his ministry, that he talks about fear. He talks about not you guys not being alone, right? He talks about even though he has to leave, that you're not alone. He's, he says this over and over again. He is saying, God is with you. And because he's so close to you, you would pray. He's so close to you that talking with him is a natural thing. It's not ritual. It's not on my to-do list this week. It's not checking the mark of the checking the box. But he's so close that he can hear me that I would naturally talk to him. I know that's what should come to mind when you think about prayer, but it probably wasn't for many of us in this room. Okay? And at the end, I'm going to talk a little bit about one of the challenges we have with prayer when God doesn't answer prayer, I'll talk about that at the end. But stick with me on this one, okay? God is close enough for you to hear, all right? When you think through this, there's a couple of things here. I'm just gonna put all these up real quick here for you, okay? Um, first of all is that this prophecy that's given, it's like this thing that happens when uh, Isaiah's writing this and they're um, being overrun with being taken over um, as a nation, and so he's saying there's going to be a deliverer that comes, and this deliverer is going to be with you. And in this moment of isolation and separation, and, and as you're conquered and about to be oppressed and all that's happening, there is a deliverer that's coming. And that deliverer is now here, and that deliverer is here with you, and the deliverer is here, and he's near. It was always God's plan to be with us. I find it so powerful that this story that a couple of weeks ago that Pastor Brian shared about, the creation story and the relationship that happens of God and man and making woman and this whole thing. And when they turn their back and they reject God and they do their own thing and what happens there. Even before, excuse me, even before the Bible was written, even before we have the Bible, even before we have that app on your phone, okay, we have prayer happening. What we have happening is God being near, right, Adam and Eve, and we have this communication happening. How do I know that? Because when they sin, there's a distance happens. And when uh, God is walking through the garden at the cool of the day, what does he say? A distance question. He says, where are you? He didn't say, how come you're not praying? He doesn't say, how come you didn't pray yesterday? He didn't say, how come nobody's talking to me? It's a distant question, distance questions he asked. So where are you? In this breakdown, we have, a, okay, we have God, and he was supposed to be enough for them, and they choose this, and then this start, breakdown starts happening, and we see the effects of sin start to happen in their lives, and they're told on the ground that he's going to have to go through and work through the sweat of his brow, and it goes on and on, and the other family, and then Cain and Abel happens, and this, this murder happens, right? And we see this brokenness go on and on, and it rolls on and keeps on going, and God tries to continue to work with mankind who sinned and bring them closer, but our sin separates us. But it was always God's plan to be so close to you, you'd talk to him. The communication stopped when they sinned and hid from God. Okay. When shame entered the picture and they wanted to be away from him, in that moment, it's so powerful, in that moment, help comes from God and yet they're hiding from help. Right. And then through the life of Jesus, what do we see modeled? What do we see modeled as you look at Jesus and he, the way he prays and the way he talks about prayer? It's so, it's so powerful to me, too, that we find that Jesus prays alone. He doesn't just pray on the street corner so everybody can see him. That would be my plan to be the top leader. Hey, everybody, look and see what I can do. We see that he prays alone. And in some certain cases, when there's a miracle or healing that happens, he then wants to go to a mountainside to be alone. 
We see him pray in public, and we pray for, he, he prays for people that are healed, and people are in awe, and they see these things. He prays for his disciples, those closest to him, right? He prays to the Father about things that are happening in his life and ministry. We see this model of God's design that the Father and Jesus are so close. When we talk about looking through, especially the Gospels, and how Jesus lived his life, nobody would think here, oh, okay, yeah, Jesus and the Father are far apart. That doesn't happen. Read the story. You get this idea that, and Jesus says this too, that you know, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. We have this closeness thing happening. It's almost like a pictured example of what he hoped the relationship would be, that we could be alone and praying with him and being with him. Right? That we could be with people and still want to communicate he's that close to us. Do you hear me this morning, church? Okay. As I read through as Jesus prays, I, I want my prayer life to be like that. I don't measure my prayer life based on just on the things that I say, you know, or, 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 or if it's like fancy or those type things. I want to model it by a reflection and it coming out of how God is close to me now. Right? How he, last one here, closed the gap for us. You see what Jesus gave his life for? Jesus gave his life for us so that garden can happen again. And, and God and you walking through the garden at the cool of the day. See, Jesus gave his life so that that closeness could happen again. And that's why Jesus' coming was a fulfillment of that prophecy, that he gave his life and you can be close again. And, and think about this for a second. He's so close to us. He gave us life for that, and yet we don't pray. See that? He's so close to us. Why, why, why wouldn't we say and talk to him? I mean, he, he gave his life for this, not just for me to get this material thing. He didn't just give his life for me to have a great life on earth. Okay? These disciples actually were martyred for him. That doesn't seem like sign me up. Okay? That doesn't seem like I want to sign that deal, right? But the power of it is that once you realize how close God is, you would have that relationship with him. You'd reach out to him and talk to him about any area and everything in your life through your life. And it actually ultimately wouldn't matter even what happens in this lifetime as much as him being so close to us. When I was in high school and learning about prayer, um, I remember um, doing this thing where, you know, I would be driving, and, and for me, I, you know, we didn't grow up praying, we didn't grow up doing those things, but, you know, I was in high school, and I accepted Jesus, and I wanted to follow him, and I remember just driving my car, you know, even going to school or wherever, and literally looking over in the pastor's seat um, and praying. I remember literally looking over and saying, okay, Jesus, we got the test today that I didn't study for, so help me out. I remember looking over at Jesus, I don't know what to do with my life. I mean, he's right there, right? If Jesus is in the car with me driving, I think I would talk to him or turn up the radio so I can't hear what he's saying. Just kidding. If he's in the car, I'm talking to him. I think about times in my life where I've actually physically done that. That sounds silly to you. But for me, not coming from a background of church, I, I just tried to try to figure this out. So I would pray literally to the person, Jesus, sitting in the car with me. And I think of other times in my life where I've had to do that, where when I was in college and trying to figure out how to pay for college, look over in the car and the pastor sitting next to me, well, Jesus, you got a bill to pay. <laughs> right? 
I can remember the times of being in seminary and going through some really tough isolation phase in my life and saying, okay, God, is this really what you want me to do, Jesus? Help me through this and looking over in the car. I can remember when we first got married, driving in the car, or at that time we only had one car, sometimes I had to walk to work, so just walking right next to me, <laughs> Jesus. Right? It became normal and expected, and sometimes I still do the same thing because he's in the car with me. He's in the car with you going through every stage of your life, through every experience and every moment in your life. You are truly never alone. And because he's so near, he's so close he'll hear you, of course we should talk to him. See how that's a little bit different this morning? When you think about the word prayer, I hope you would think about his nearness and his closeness, not just about your, oh, I need to pray, I need to get something, or if I don't pray, God's not going to give it to me. And when you think about, I, I get it, you have to think about how to pray too. And there's some things that come to mind. <clears throat> so prayer, I think, when you look through scripture about how to pray, you know, Jesus doesn't give us just this. He gives us the Lord's Prayer and he gives us an example of praying. You can take one and pass it around. Um, you can kind of get this picture of what he kind of wants here. And here's some things that come through as you look at uh, the Gospels. Is first of all, it's regular, you know. It's like in every area of Jesus' life, this is happening, whether he's on a, a mountainside or, I'll try this in the back here. There's three different handouts there. So one is uh, praying for the women in your life, one is praying for the men in your life, and one is praying for the kids in your life. So you want to have three handouts that are kind of spreading out here, okay. So you want to have three handouts. I should have made them different colors, sorry. Uh, pray for the men in your life, pray for the women in your life, pray for the kids in your life. And as you're getting that, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. So this idea is that if Jesus is in the car, figurative, work with me here. If he's in the car, you know what? Probably it's regular because I drive my car regular. Okay? You live your life regular in a regular sense. It's common. It's often, okay? You go to that job. You go to that school. You go home. Home needs prayer, okay? We go home. We go to these different things. We've got these different problems that come. And I will tell you, there's never been a season in my life where I have no problems. I'm married, so I have to have problems. Just kidding, just kidding. See, this is the normal part of life, suffering. It's the normal part of our life. The ups and the downs, it's got to be regular. It also has to be an expected thing. When you read the Gospels and how Jesus ministered, this was, this was expected, it wasn't this, this surprise thing that Jesus is going to pray. At one point, the disciples are not going to say, hey, where did you go? You can see me pray for three years, man. This is regular. I mean, this is expected. This is a part of it, okay? And then it's got to be sincere, too. But So let me give you a family example of what this could look like. You should have three handouts, okay? Prayer for the men in your life. Prayer for the women. Prayer for the kids in your life, hopefully. I know kind of getting around here. I see people have one, so you got stopped somewhere in the way there. All right. I'm going to grab one from you too, Jerry. Just one. All right. So here, here's what this looks like for a family. Maybe for your family it does mean uh, getting together, um, you know, every night and getting the whole family together and, and doing this. Okay, great. Maybe for you... Um, you aren't home in the evenings because you work a job. So, okay, we can't pray anymore? Well, no. If he's so near, we, we'll figure out something else, you know. There was a season in our life where 
if we're, um, this actually happened when we were praying about moving here. Um, we weren't sure what to do, and uh, Crystal had just finished, or was about to finish um, school. And so we would do this thing where we text a prayer to each other. And we just, that's just how it was. We texted our prayers together. A text or a one-liner, Father, I'm praying for your will. I don't know what that is. Father, help us to, you know, uh, go to a place where we can invest and not just live for ourselves. It's just a one-line prayer. We would text pray to each other, you know. We also would do things where we're kind of teaching our kids this too is, you know, is, there's nothing, you know, ritual about this, but we're just trying to get this regular expectancy to see to be happening a part of our family life. So sometimes we'll pray before we leave the house, you know. I'll make Leo pray or ask him to pray or Lucy to pray or whatever. We just kind of do that as like a regular thing. Maybe for you, meal prayer is ideal, okay? Uh, we found that, I don't know when the last time I had a real meal with our kids. Normally I'm like picking up food while they're eating and all this kind of stuff. They're just sitting down eating a meal. It's like, who knows when that happens? Maybe meal prayers, that's for you. Great, as your meal, you know? Whatever it may be, what it looks like for you, it's this regular thing that happens and it turns to be expected in your family. I tell uh, couples that start dating, you guys praying for each other yet? You guys praying together yet? Why is that such a foreign thing, right? <laughs> if God's so near to me, of course I'm going to pray about these relationship things in my life. Of course I'm going to start praying together, right? I tell couples to do this even in that phase of dating as you, as you go through that, okay? Whatever it may look like for you, I would encourage you to do that. Because he's so close to you. He gave his life for this. We should talk to him about it. We also pray, and you'll look at some of these things on your, on your sheet here. Hopefully you got a few. Um, this isn't like an exhaustive list, okay? I'm just giving you something practical to actually pray over someone this week. And you say, well, I don't have any kids. <sighs> Lucky you, it's tough. I'm just kidding. Okay, you probably know some kids in your life because this is spiritual community right here. Would you pray for Leo this week if you don't have kids? Would you take him for a night this week? Pray for my kids this week. Pray for your neighbor's kids this week. This is a family here. Here's the thing. There are some kids that don't have anybody praying for them. See, you say, well, I don't got kids. I don't like kids. They're ugly. They're, they're a mess. There's 500 students in this school every single day, except for Saturday and Sundays. You think 500 students here are getting prayed for every week? Probably not. But he's so near that I'm going to pray. Right? You say, well, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have a spouse. Okay. Well, you can pray for another man or woman in your life, a mom or a dad. You say, well, they're not in the picture either. Okay, pray for uh, someone in your community group's parents. They need prayer. See, what happens, guys, is we pray not to give you a to-do list, but because he's so close. We also pray because if you've been here the last few weeks and you've thought about your own family or what's going on and these topics we've talked about, you probably have felt this is hopeless at some point, like, oh my gosh, how's this, how's this all change work? Here's the thing. You will not, I repeat, you will not have a family mesh one day, future family mesh, supportive, safe, this godly place without God's help. You will not have it. Because we believe, as you read through Scripture and the gospel, that it's not just a one plus one problem. It's a heart problem. And only, there is only one fixer of the heart and one healer of the heart, and it's Jesus. So if you want to have a, if you don't like the stories I tell, 
about awful messes, okay? And you want to have a mesh? And he's right here. See, you're going to need a miracle. Those of you that work with people, or you know this. It's a miracle. It's divine. We need God's help. The future Samuel family, 10 years from now, whatever's going on, they need God's help. We do this, church, because we need the help of God. And I'll close by saying this, and then um, I'm going to ask Sunita to come on, come on up, and I think I'm probably late already. But during these last three songs, um, what we sing, I would like you to take just one of these, okay, um, maybe for a man, woman, child in your life or not. But it could also be somebody else in this room. Maybe you feel like Pastor Nels gets all the prayer, everybody's praying for him. Let me not pray for him. Let me pray for somebody else. Fine. Maybe there's somebody else in this room right now or one of those kids in that room down there that you can pray one of these things over. See, this isn't just family of origin stuff. This isn't just your family. This is family in this room right here, okay? So during these last three songs, we're gonna worship and sing, and this can be a holy moment where maybe someone who's never been prayed for in this room gets prayed for. Maybe they don't even know. Maybe you can text them later and say, hey, I prayed for you. You owe me. I'm just kidding. Can you grab that sheet today? Maybe you need to pray for a boss today. I don't know. Maybe you need to pray for a dad, a grandpa. Maybe you need to pray for a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law. Maybe you need to pray right now for something on this sheet. Okay. Would you go and stand to your feet to me? So I'm going to ask you to do that during these last three songs. So it's only 10.52. I've got a little more time. I'm going to ask you. You Maybe you've never prayed before. Here you go. This is something easy to do. Uh, prayer guide for the women in my life. Soften her heart. Rescue her from cynicism and make her tender to your presence and the most complicated details of dirty diapers whoa, and multitude of other needs you've called her to meet. That would make every woman in this room <laughs> have a better day. God, could you do it? See, he's in the car right now. He, he's right here. He cares that much. Before we do that, I just want to say one quick thing. I know that some of us really have a hard time when God doesn't answer a prayer. You know, when he didn't come through, when he, he, when we didn't get what we want. Um, I maybe have a theological kind of approach to that in, in a sense of like, um, we're in this in-between time where one day God's kingdom will be full in here. And there'll be no more crying and no more dying and no more pain. Lord, I'd love for that day to happen. But that day hasn't happened yet because we have the opportunity to share about Jesus and tell more people about him. That's why we're, this waiting time's happening. Okay. But I want to say something else that may help you a little bit when you don't get what you want when you pray. Just remember that sometimes God doesn't get what he wants either. You know, Don't just make it about if you got what you wanted in. It's tough. Just, uh, just remember, God doesn't get what he wants all the time either. He's God. Okay. And some of the things that have happened in this world, it's not what God wants. We read acts of terrorism now like every week. Okay, That's not what God wants. God doesn't want this evil and this pain and all these things that are happening. The racism in our country and all these things that go on. I mean, God doesn't want these things. He doesn't want this pain. Okay. But here's what, I, what you need to know is that piece. We also remembered that the story's not over yet. And, and a powerful God is still sovereign, he's still in control, and he still has the last word. He's not done yet. Listen, 
There's some things in my life that I haven't gotten yet that I've been praying for that I really want. And I pray for some good things that I think God wants too. Maybe they didn't happen or they haven't happened yet. But I remember that we are on this earth just for a blink of an eye. Heaven's coming. And in that moment, let me tell you, God will get every single thing that he wants because there's going to be one sheriff in town. <laughs> and he's going to be the boss. And he's going to get his way. And there will be no evil, no more pain and suffering.